Hi, I'm Laura. Hey, I'm Stefan, and you're listening to Attributed, a podcast library by Dream Data. The purpose of it is to store and share all the knowledge that we have gathered across Dream Data employees through our LinkedIn Lives, podcasts, and webinars. The typical topics you'll find here can be stuff like marketing, sales, B2B ads, operations, social selling, maybe. Hello, what's going on, everybody? Today, Laura, together with Mark. I'm so pleased to meet you finally, Mark. Me too, me too. Hey, I was going to ask you this. Does it annoy you when people call you Laura versus Laura? No, no, but I really appreciate when people ask. Like, <laughs> you know what? How do you actually pronounce your name? You know what? I get Mark with a K all the time, uh, which is not actually my name. But, but uh, the other thing that happens is sometimes uh, like if uh, if like someone in Starbucks, for example, says, what, what's your name? Um, they I'll say Mark with a C. And every now and again, someone adds the C to the start of the name and spells it with a K at the end. So come Mark. Uh, I've actually just stopped telling people my real name. And like I basically never give. Uh, my real name anymore. I just tell people I'm Lou Reed. Um, I sign I sign documents as Lou Reed or sometimes Frank Zappa as well. Uh, oh, so that, there you go. that's really cool, especially for some like really <laughs> serious documents and say, oh, okay. I tell you what though, it almost backfired on me once. I was at a meeting, like a board meeting, and it was in this big old lawyer's office, uh, really like posh corporate lawyer. And uh, they had like a check-in, check-out system. And I signed my name as Lou Reed. Oh, no. We were halfway through the board meeting. There was a fire drill. And I left my badge on the table uh, to go out with everyone else. And I was absolutely terrified that there was going to be somebody walking around the building looking for Lou Reed. And I would be found out finally as a fraud. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was like, it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, let's not make those fuck ups. But this is what we're going to talk about a little bit today about standing out, about either changing your name, if that's how you stand out, and how do you succeed with those. But at the same time, there are many times that those things fail as well. Mm -hmm. So, Mark, before we dig into the fun stuff that people are joining us for, could you give us an intro to yourself? You recently sure. changed roles, so I'm excited to hear the actual intro. Yeah, well, uh, I'm Mark. I uh, Previously, I was the head of growth at Powered by Search. Uh, many people know Powered by Search is one of the leading SaaS marketing agencies in the world. That was a great time. Uh, got to work with a lot of cool companies. Uh, but recently, I decided to go back in-house, and I took a role at and growth at Podia. Podia is uh, a platform for people who want to create a course, people who want to own their audience, or more recently, just build a website. So, yeah. It's very relevant for a lot of people who are active on LinkedIn because everybody has that idea. It's like, oh, should I go solo, part solo, a website and stuff like that? Like, Yeah, for sure. And I think like recently it's obvious that you should, you don't have to sell a course. You don't have to, you don't have to sell any kind of thing, but you should try to own your audience and having a resource that you can provide based on your, your unique kind of worldview, your knowledge in exchange for an email address and a place to keep those. That's a no-brainer, right? You should do that. You have to tell me more about that. I've never done this before. Yeah, well, hey, you've got a lot to share. I think you should create uh, some kind of webinar, maybe, oh. uh, like a webinar recording. You're just talking about social selling for one hour. You could sell that for like $100, $200 easily, and it would take you literally an hour to create. 
and you'll no. be able to earn off that for years to come. That's the easiest way to get started with selling something like yeah. that. Yeah, we have to talk more about this. It could yes. be one of the failures <laughs> that if you never try, it will never work. All right. So today I'm thinking that we're going to structure it like this. We're going to talk a little bit about your creative process because I've seen so much creativity <laughs> coming out of you. And I don't know where it comes from, but I would like to hear some of the stories about the stuff that you have been building yeah, and sure. engaging your audience with really, really different stuff. And mm -hmm. at the end, we're going both of us to share a success of a trial that went really well and you're trying to scale it and what you're trying to do and then a failure yes many failures some successes <laughs> okay it's so like we're gonna share the biggest like the most impactful ones one of my beautiful failures last weekend was not figure out that the handbrake was turned on in the car, which I was trying to drive. And then my friend jumped out of the car and said, check it out, what's in the wheels? It's not driving. And I'm still trying, this is the worst thing ever. I was like, what do you expect? Is there an animal in there or what oh in the wheel? Like, then we figured out it was a handbrake and then we started <laughs> car to fill up the gas. The next thing, that didn't go into the story. We open up the gas tank and it's the electric plug. And I'm looking at her, she's looking at me. It's like, well, I think it's hybrid. Oh yeah, the other side. Okay, <laughs> then then we had to repark the car to fill up the gas in it. Oh, that's all right. Awful. Let's talk about your creative process, Mark. Sure. So, where does it come from? I think I've always been a kind of an oddball. Uh, if I'm honest, I've never been normal uh, as a person. So, <laughs> nothing about nothing about me is normal. But I think you know what? For a long time, I sort of kind of like hid that parts of my personality uh, and kind of behaved as a very straight laced sort of like corporately acceptable person. Oh, yeah. And, and I tell you what, what it is recently, I have just decided to not do that anymore. Um, <laughs> and just be okay with being, uh, being an oddball, but like a nice one rather than a socially awkward one. Uh, so <laughs> but what triggered that? Because it is also a step a lot of people are struggling with the thing. Okay, yeah. maybe I'm weird or the surroundings are weird. How yeah. come you figured out, okay, I'm going as I am? You know what? I think what I what I what I kind of came to is that there's like um there's this story that you tell yourself, which is basically like if I stand out and it fails, then it's going to damage my career in some way that I can't quite articulate, but it'll probably be disastrous. So uh, I'll give you an example there. So I previously ran a startup. We created a tool which would do like real-time uh, voting and surveys and stuff. So you could be at an event and you could put the big results on the wall, but also you could run these like massive kind of public sector surveys, all that kind of stuff. It was basically an uh -huh. all-purpose survey tool. Now. I got into that almost by mistake. In fact, we just ended up raising money uh, and we didn't really have like a specific customer in mind. We didn't really have a an actual use case. There were lots of use cases. And at the end of the day, we raised this money and it kind of like, it made me terrified of failing in public because uh -huh. I was like, this, this business got valued at like an unusual amount for a company with no customers. And if I fail now, everyone will know that I'm like real dumb. Uh, yeah. like I'm not, I'm not like a smart person. And so I kind of was like, well, 
what I'll do is I just won't make any choices that will make me stand out because, mm -hmm. you know, at some sort of subconscious level, maybe I was like, if I fail while I'm doing the same thing as everyone else, it's just like, oh, well, at least you tried, you yeah. know? Yeah. Whereas if I stand out, I'm like, I'm out there. Like the guy who stands out, the, like the pioneer gets killed, uh, <laughs> killed yeah. by a bear. And I realized, I think over the last couple of years, I've kind of been working this out in my system. I realized, you know what? Like you, you can either die like it, with everyone else, basically not standing out. Everyone's just middle, or you could be out there with the bears and like, maybe you kill a bear and everyone's like, that guy killed a bear. That was pretty cool. Right. So that that's for me, I was just like, this isn't going anywhere anyway. No. So why not like, mm -hmm. why not potentially, you know, kill some sort of bear I make a statement I don't condone the killing of bears and then <laughs> now we're talking like pretty relative stuff a beer might kill you or stuff but when you decide okay I'm gonna put it out in public and so on so for your personality and the way you are how do you innovate like the thought process of it all where are those thoughts born and how do you do that um well do you know what uh like the first thing that I did really kind of that I really leaned in on this was making music videos that I think is the thing that most people now associate me with if they see me on LinkedIn and I actually love music and I'm deeply into music uh but I've never <clears throat> I've never really been interested in saying like I can create music and I thought to myself maybe I just surprise people here and I can actually play all these instruments and stuff that I've been just doing privately in secret for years and, you know, I can create stuff that people are like, I didn't expect that. For me then, like, it really just is basically drawing on my interest, mm -hmm. which is like either music, um, and specifically I like post-punk music, or it's like, well, you know what? I like dry comedy. So filming like short videos that are kind of like, that's awkward to watch. That's fine for me. Yeah. I'm I enjoy that stuff. And I kind of just lean into that. So I think, you know, you have to find the thing that you're, you're interested in and you could, you could like draw from as a, as a kind of like cultural reference that people also understand, yeah. you know, people understand music, people understand like slightly comic videos, yeah. but I, I'm really into that stuff. So I thought, why don't I just do some of that? Very, very nice. And you've got some compliments already in the comments. So um, lots of respect for a creativity <laughs> that goes into your content. No idea how good the blend of good value and entertainment. <laughs> and let's move the conversation that way. So you're in marketing and you're still expected to be like a Syria-ish guy who reaches <laughs> the goals and is helping the sales team to close the deals. Like all the stuff that we're talking about, pipeline and la-la-la attribution. And I yeah. don't know. But then you blend in your creativity with that. So how does your working process and the balance sure. work in that way? This is really interesting. I've just been doing a, like a brainstorming activity for campaign ideas for Podia. So very timely. Uh, what I think is key is you have business goals, right? You need to meet business goals. Otherwise, you're going to get fired eventually. Uh, if you just create cool stuff, I mean, you can, you can kind of see this, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to shame, I won't shame anyone specific, but you can often see people on LinkedIn who are building audiences and it's cool, but I'm like, what's the point of that? Is that useful? The thing here is basically to say, well, look, you can do interesting stuff. You can put it on the internet. 
but how do you take a business goal and incorporate it into that idea? Now, there's two ways of doing it, I think. The first way is like bottom up. So you go, hey, we need to, we need to grow by 5% this month and then give me 10 creative ideas for how to grow by 5%. Mm -hmm. Not gonna happen realistically. A couple of reasons for that. You're gonna run out of steam uh, in terms of like when, when you don't grow by 5% at the end of the month or quarter or whatever, you're going to be like, well, this didn't work. So we're going to go back to the drawing board and like just invest in SEO or something, which is fine, but it's not, it's a red ocean, right? Um, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of bears out there that are going to kill you. I'll stop talking about bears. The, um, sharks, the, it's time for the sharks, sharks in the ocean. Yeah. Bears can't swim. The set, the top down way, which is the other way is to go cool. Well, I have a huge idea. How can I make this pay off for the business? So mm, you've got broad sort of, you've got broad ideas about where you need the business to go. Like we need to grow, we need to acquire more customers. And if you said at that point, like, great, that's as far as I'm going to go. I'm not going to give myself a target at this point. I'm going to say, what are some amazing ideas that I have that I've always wanted to kind of come up with, uh, kind of put out into the world and then said, how can I align these two things? Now that process, I think, is one where you have to experiment with a lot of stuff and you do have to fail like yeah. you it is true that you will fail and it won't always matter but the things that hit and uh kind of resonate with people will land quite significantly both business goals and you know personal satisfaction of saying like i'll create something cool that people actually genuinely love yeah that's really cool i have an example for that because the this really resonates back from how we kicked off social selling or at least LinkedIn presence at Dream Data. And how did I learn doing video? So one of the things mm -hmm. is that our CMO, Stefan, well, he knows the numbers, what we need to hit and how much does LinkedIn matter for organic social. And we're selling an attribution platform. I mean, everybody has to know the word and to like <laughs> think, okay, these guys are this face and that face. This is what it means. It means attribution. And then he comes over to me and says, okay, now we're getting off with LinkedIn. He's looking at me and saying, Laura, do they're going on video? And he's like, kind of, eh, I don't want to do video, but he knows I'm, like, I'm in sales. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you dare? What do you mean? Like, but in his mind, video means engagement video means people will remember the face and the word attribution in the same thing and then you will continue building up that brand it's like let's ride on the wave because people remember this and since then since we have tried out to go on video it's like okay this is working and then a clever man clever <laughs> cmo then he started to do video after around a year after I was doing this, he started wow. to do product videos. Okay. And those two off. Yeah. <laughs> People started to see even more of like this stuff in us on video. So kind of big goals, but go try stuff out or get somebody else yeah. in the team to try it out. I think your 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 example is really good actually, because uh, you know, I think I first learned about Dream Data because of seeing a video of you running in San Francisco or something like that. And I, I messaged you and said that like that looks amazing. I'd love to run in uh, run run along the harbor or something. What is it Port Bay? I can't yeah. remember what it's called. And then I saw Stefan tweeting about uh tweeting about something, and then I saw his video uh on XYZ topic, and I thought I could try that out. In dream data and i think probably though that kind of combination of like 
has close business value and has long business value, like the kind of affinity. It's, it's effectively the, the life cycle of like buyer awareness, right? You, so you're saying like maybe your stuff about kind of personal life is, um, is like the unaware, pro, like product unaware uh, or problem unaware, sorry. And then all the way at the other end is like buyer ready, product aware, right? And that's the stuff that you do when you do those videos, those Loom videos or whatever you're using of you talking over mm -hmm. the, the product and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. And let's move more into your examples, Mark. Let's move into some of the examples. So Mark, first, we're going to talk about something you've tried out and it worked. You started scaling it and Sweet. then we're going to finish it off with something that fall flat. All right. Should we talk? I, I actually have two examples for this. Yeah, um, nice. Let's talk about the first one. So when I left my startup, I was I was feeling pretty flat. Um, and I decided to start speaking to Dev uh, Basu, who's the founder at Powered by Search, uh, about working together. And Dev, Dev wanted to explore that. And so what I did was I decided to put together a document about how I would grow Powered by Search. Now, one of the key components of that was, was about increasing the number of potential touch points that, that a person could have with Powered by Search's brand every week. We, at the time, we had a really successful blog over there. People regularly say that they read it whenever they have a question about SaaS nice. or regularly said that to me, no longer there. <laughs> yeah, nice. um, but, and I was like, that's, that's pretty great, but you know, it doesn't actually get in front of people that often unless they already know about it. So what that's effectively the problem, right? Mm -hmm. Now, how do you solve that problem? There are, there's lots of kind of standard ways that you could solve that. For example, just placing paid media, right? Mm -hmm. Buying paid media and just saying, read our blog. But there's no real reason to do that because everyone else is also doing the same thing. Like all of the other agencies were doing the exact same thing. What I decided to do to try and solve that problem, and this is the creative, this is the creative kind of process is going like, mm -hmm. what's everyone else doing? We're not doing that right now. The better way to solve that problem might be to create more touch points, right? So create more formats. Mm -hmm. How do you get people to listen to those? Well, you get people to love them. What do people love? What do people enjoy? Well, they enjoy podcasts, for example, and you can take a podcast and you can do it in like 20 different ways. There's 20 different like concepts for shows. You can come up with them real easy, just like right now. Like you could, you know, you're doing one right now in a, in a sense, right? And what I proposed and what we actually did was basically saying, well, look, let's create four different podcasts rather than one podcast. Mm -hmm. We'll create four different shows effectively. And we'll, they'll each have a different, they'll each have a different style and they'll each have a different delivery and like effectively like a prototype from non-business life. So mm -hmm. We had our most successful by revenue by far was uh, SaaS Marketing Bytes, which is literally just me standing really close to a microphone and reading in a, I think, exaggerated British accent. I don't have a British accent, but people would regularly message me and say, your voice is amazing. I listen, I could fall asleep to that voice. Uh, and so I just lent into it and I was like, okay, cool. Well, we're going to do like effectively ASMR for SAS. Uh, <laughs> um, so that was one show that we did, right? People would often message me and say, like, I binge listened to all of these episodes and then I booked a, uh, a meeting with your team, um, wow. which is wild, right? So there's one. 
the second um the second show that we launched was uh was basically it was called inflection point and it was a kind of a take on this american life right if you've ever heard that show basically it's storytelling and it responds to this pain point that customers have which is mm-hmm. like i'm a person who's got targets to hit but i'm also a person with emotional challenges and so what i did was i interviewed people who had had who had seen significant inflection points in a saas company so marketing leaders who were actually our target customer and then i would kind of go oh here's what they did to grow but here is what happened to them as a person and as a kind of an emotional being and that kind of stuff really really resonated with the right people and i think at the end of the day to kind of go back to your original question at the start of this what is the how do you how do you kind of get the guts or confidence yeah. or whatever to stand out the only way that you can really do that and find brilliant stuff and actually go off and do it is if you deeply understand the pains and the thoughts that your customer might actually have and that goes beyond just doing a round of interviews it go it's more like I'm going to be in your life. I'm going to be, yeah. I'm not creepy here, but I'm going to be watching what you do with the product. I'm going to be yeah. seeing what you do on social media. I'm going to be listening to your interviews. I'm going to be like messaging you. And, you know, you get close to your customer and you learn that they're not just trying to grow a SaaS company. They're trying to like live a happy life or, yeah. you know, they, they cry themselves to sleep at night because they're so stressed or whatever. Like that's, it's, it sounds almost like a joke, but it's like, it's incredibly common, right? I mean, it is. I, go for it. I would like to add to that. It goes the other way around as well. So they are in your universe life, but you do the other way around. It's like now I'm thinking when you listen to those podcasts, you listen to them while running, while walking the dog or stuff like that. It's like, okay, so I'm in your life, but you're in mine. And yeah. you create that loop of touch points that they just literally remember you. There is a guy called Thomas in here as well, Thomas Nordain. He's saying that Marketing Bytes is hands down one of my favorite podcasts (laughs) used to be. And he signed up for a Dream Data trial because of this. Look, we're creating magic. Thanks, Thomas. You can send me my commission check in the post, Lara. Oh, do that. (laughs) I haven't sent you any commissions just yet as far as I remember. Yeah. So this is very interesting for like how it happened out to be a success as powered by search. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you had two examples. Was that this one? Yeah, that that was one. Uh, Let's talk also about these music videos and why why those happened. Right. Um, Because a lot of people have asked me that question. So if you're watching and you haven't seen that, firstly, where have you been? But secondly, uh, (laughs) secondly, let me just say so we got to the start of 2023. And frankly, I personally was having a bad time in terms of growth. I was like, oh my gosh, the SaaS, um, the SaaS market is plummeting. This is awful. Yeah. Uh, seeing like a lot of churn and also seeing a lot of like just not not new demos or trials or whatever. And I was like, this isn't just me, right? It's not just me on my own. Everybody is having a bad time. And we talked about it a lot internally. And actually, Dev was on on leave. He went on holiday uh, for a break to to India. And um, and I was like, 
not the dev ever stopped me from doing anything, but I often check ideas or uh -huh. I checked ideas with dev to see, Hey, what do you think about this? Dev was away. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like flying free. And, um, <laughs> uh, no, he, he was really, he was always really, um, uh, kind of, he facilitated my creativity a lot. So that was nice, but I was like, okay, everyone's having a bad time. Why don't we pivot all of our messaging away from you could be doing this to grow versus like you're having a bad time like maybe we try and make you laugh so uh so i tried some stuff out i i just one day i was like i was looking behind me and i saw my guitar and i was like i could just write in the next like 10 minutes i could write a song uh, and just play it directly into my camera and then it'll be like out there um i can't even remember what it was but um but people like sort of were like oh my gosh this was good i didn't no, you could do this. And I thought to myself, maybe that's kind of like, it's kind of like a signal for me. And so I tried a bunch of different versions of that. I try to make people laugh in different ways. I recorded a Zoom call uh, and then put Robert De Niro's scene from the film Heat. Uh, it's a very famous scene, if you've seen it, uh, where he's in a diner with um, Al Pacino. And they're talking about how Al Pacino is going to catch Robert De Niro committing a bank heist but i was like actually you know what we could we could cut this up and chop it in a way so that it sounds like robert de niro is kind of encouraging me to download a lead magnet that we've created and people sort of liked it but it didn't have the same response and so i thought let's go back let's lean into this music uh -huh. and we'll create uh we'll create a video that outlines our methodology uh, as a company in a way that you just wouldn't get uh otherwise so I just shot a video of myself singing um, about our our company's methodology for working with clients, and it went crazy. So I kept on doing it, um, and I think that was a really important thing for me personally uh, because yeah. it was like finally, I feel like I'm out there. <laughs> you know, people know this is what I am like now. Uh, yeah. I don't have to hide it anymore, and it was like a moment of self actualization. So it was a personal success as well as a business success, because we often would get people message to say, oh my gosh, this is, this made me laugh. This like spoke to me or I love this band and this sounds like it. And so it kind of like, it kind of resonated with them. And they would say like, let's talk about working together. So pretty cool. I can tell you how many times this has come up at Dream Data as well. Really? So you wrote a song about Dream Data too. So that one was totally like, everyone's like, what? <laughs> Us too, but we've got another raving fan in waiting here for us and listening in. This is our CEO Lars, and he is a huge fan as well. So, I mean, we mention you pretty often on oh, the stuff that you're doing in terms of your videos, your music, and so on. I think it's amazing the way your mind works. Not a lot of people can pull this off, but I think. <laughs> What you're doing is also encouraging other people that it's okay to be quirky in yeah. some of the situations as well. And could be that it's going to be shit at the beginning, <laughs> probably it will, but, but later you will find like your vibe to, to go with it. Yeah, it's for sure. Yeah. You've got to try stuff out and see, like, it's like you're trying on clothes, right? You like some of it probably looks great. Some of it probably looks awful. And especially if you're trying a new style, you're going to get it wrong sometimes. And uh, you're going to end up wearing a neckerchief. But sometimes the neckerchief looks good. So who knows? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I could tell you how kids innovate clothes <laughs> and <laughs> various styles. It's, it's beautiful. 
gotta do you gotta yeah. do it and then it's much easier to also let go and like be you yeah not not, not necessarily only at work because we're all like a little bit robotic at some mm. of the situations but then loosen up <laughs> like well, it's all right but what about you laura tell me about a challenge that you overcame like creatively yeah so i think at dream data one of the things that we figured out working is video and the thing is that i do a lot of video and we know it's working but but it doesn't work for a lot of people as well it's it's difficult to put yourself i'm just putting in a charge it put it put difficult put, to put yourself out there like with your tone of voice and so on so i'm trying to do that extreme once in a while in order to encourage more people just go on video i mean i do video biking and it's a little bit on purpose to like drag attention so people can say okay if she can do a video biking and talking and of course i cut some stuff out and sometimes it's like a stupid TikTok, and people also comment oh you did a very bad thing I said, no shit. yeah <laughs> like i don't do TikToks. it's okay if i do a bad thing but then again for other people in the team, because we know that video does work as well, maybe mm. next time they will be encouraged to do a product video, just your face and do a product video so people can start learning about Dream Data. It's okay to be out there. We do videos one-on-one -on -one to our prospects. Why not do it to more, many more people? Mm. And, and by that way, I think this was one of the experiments that definitely worked out. To, to push more video because people like and enjoy to watch other people speak or fail <laughs> like, yeah i wonder yeah, when yeah. she's going to fall off that bike huh <laughs> for sure oh my gosh uh well there's a video for you right uh, um just fall off your bike hey so uh, i have a question about this process for you my perception is that there is a cultural difference for scandinavian countries including denmark Denmark, Scandinavian, I think it is. Yeah, it's pretty much as Scandi as you get, which is that corporate culture is often like, try not to try not to kind of stand out or put your head above the parapet or whatever. I mean, how do you think about that in terms of your firstly, is that true? And secondly, how do you think about that in terms of your target market and your ICP? Very good point. Well, if we take it from the other way around, our ICPs are most of them are marketers or operations. And even mm -hmm. if those were lawyers, they're still people. Mm. They still like video, they still like some quirky stuff and so on. Not too much, but if you're too professional, you do blend in. Just like you were speaking about that before. You blend in, it's boring, and we're all the same. Let's try not to do what everybody's doing. We will follow that because we will see what's working. But at the mm. same time, let's do stuff that probably will not work or otherwise will just stand out, which is nice. Danish corporate culture is a bit different than the rest of Scandinavia, or especially like if you start looking down to Germany as well. Um, it's, yeah. I'm not looking down, I'm looking down <laughs> on the map, <laughs> on the map, on the map. No, but it's kind of, it's okay to stand out even towards your leadership. It's okay to say how things are directly to your manager or to your colleague and so on. Sometimes a little bit too, I wouldn't call it aggressive, but it's very direct. Mm. But if you go to Sweden, it goes totally different, but it hits the court for everybody. If you are like yourself, 
not offensive to anybody, but a little bit more entertaining and a little bit more up the energy, like I'm talking right now, then people do <laughs> capture it. <laughs> I mean, if we were just doing the podcast voice or no, yeah, <laughs> nice. Is that your impression of me? <laughs> no, 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 no. But you do have to balance it, just like you do it. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. It's like, um, it's like a one, two punch, right? Uh, I'm using a lot of analogies that I would never use in real life on this call, but, uh, like you can, you could package something funny and something serious. Um, this is another point that I kind of I sort of think a lot when I look at LinkedIn in particular or, and people doing company stuff on TikTok. I often think to myself, like your concept there is like pretty bad because it isn't you. So. A classic example that I use is like dressing the CEO up in a chicken suit, right? People go, oh, that'll be funny. It'll interrupt the kind of frame. And in some, in some cases, maybe it is funny, but, but the reality is you shouldn't do it just because you think it's going to be funny, like, and different because chicken suits cost $25 on Amazon. Like anyone can buy one and dress up as a chicken and sort of lose a little bit of dignity on LinkedIn. But if it responds to somehow your customer's fear or like need, that makes sense. And then you can use that as a vehicle for a more serious business orientated message, maybe in the text or maybe in some sort of like, you know, uh, I'll give you an example, ClickUp. Yeah. I love ClickUp's creative. They do a lot of ad creative, uh, which is video. Recently, I saw one that they did, which uh, really I loved. Uh, it was about AI and about the progression of AI and how fast it's moving. There's two guys sitting at a desktop and AI is basically evolving. They have GPT-3, then GPT-4, then GPT-5 and 10. And then at GPT-20, it becomes like the world government uh, and is trying to take over the world. And there's red lights flashing. And these two guys at computers are like, do you think this is okay? Um, it must be the end. Uh, and then the final scene is GPT, whatever, uh, asking, does anyone know how to use Jira? Uh, so it could take over the world, but it still can't use Jira, which is both funny and extremely business oriented because yeah. that is one of ClickUp's big kind of enemies effectively in the market. So nice. it can do both, but it has to respond to your customer's needs, right? Which is what you're saying. Absolutely love that. Definitely. Mark, let's talk about the times that it failed. I'm sure you've got a lot. Let's take one. Yeah, yeah, many, many failures um, in life. Uh, but one that kind of resonate sticks out to me now because it was a time when I didn't really understand my customer closely enough. I did something because I heard it on a podcast. Uh -huh. I thought, I'll try that. That sounds interesting. And I didn't validate it with any kind of research about my customers. And I just thought it was probably fine. So at Dupol, we had a landing page that was convert. Dupol was my startup. Uh, we had a landing page that was converting pretty well. It converted like 10% of people to accounts. And then it was a pretty high activation rate. Mm. Um, so not bad uh, for a homepage on a website. But I thought we could get that up. I thought we could get that up to like maybe 20%. Um, and <laughs> so I was thinking about ways that we could do this. And one of the things that I thought was, why is it that SaaS websites are so heavy on like screenshots and like customer testimonials and stuff mm -hmm. when like people mostly read down the screen? And so I thought to myself, I'm going to just write a big paragraph 
of text and see what the performance is. I'm going to put a sign up button there um, and I'm going to make it like like a big old fashioned ad, uh, old fashioned, not really. I mean, like a big block of text on a magazine page. And the headline of it was it was 20 it was 2020 i think right 2020 coronavirus started i lose track and everyone was panicking about everything in life and i thought i think this will respond to people's pains if i make the headline of the page you're having the worst year of your life and that was the whole, that was the whole headline and i was like that's going to catch people's attention when they land on this we've got enough traffic that this will be this will be good and so we did an ab test I put that one live and it basically said like, you're having the worst year of your life. And then the, the text below it was stuff like, you shouldn't have a rubbish survey tool like SurveyMonkey as well. Uh, SurveyMonkey is actually a great survey tool, it turns out, but I didn't feel like that at the time. So, so I thought this is gonna crush. Like it crushes mm -hmm. for people selling courses. It crushes for like people building audiences. It's a long form sales page. It's gonna crush for me too. It did not crush. In fact, was crushing to see a 0.1% uh, conversion rate uh, on that page. It was just so, so bad. And I can't, it wasn't like a big public failure because it was a test, uh -huh. but it was a sort of, for me, it was a moment where I was like, hang on, if you're going to do this stuff, it needs to be backed in an understanding of the audience an understanding of the customer. So that is why I am, or well, one of the reasons why I'm so like, um, I'm so preachy about uh, getting close to customers and understanding them. Love that. Absolutely. And we're going to finish off with this. Sweet. So Mark, if you've got more stories to share, we're looking forward to hear them. <laughs> on a video, on a song, or in a LinkedIn post for the people who are following. And I'm gonna share mine very soon in the future as well. Oh. So Mark, thank you so much for attending together with huge fans. Thank you, thank you. It's very nice to be here. We hope you like listening to us. Subscribe to our podcast and the ones that we have been guests on. And if you have any feedback for us, uh, just do let us know. And should there be a guest that you think we should be talking to, then like pitch us. We're looking forward to seeing you.